0: spirit because in many ways he's the forgotten one of the godhead many people talk about a lot about the father we, we looked at the father creation all that sort of cool stuff then we looked at jesus over east all that cool sort of cool stuff and now we want to look at the holy spirit because the holy spirit is not your enemy he's your friend and some people when i say holy spirit they get a bit nervous oh my goodness he's going to do something weird no i'm not I'm just going to bring you truth because the Holy Spirit is God. Okay. Heard a story though about a highway department uh, in America who hired a new painter to paint the lines on the road. And the first day he did a stellar job, painted a five mile stretch of road. It was the talk of the department. Then the next day he did pretty well again. He only painted two and a half miles though, and then still pretty good. On the third day he's out there, he's painting only a quarter of a mile. On the fourth day, He's down to just three quarters of a mile. And they called him in very concerned about his drop-off in performance. They said, how can your drop-off in performance be that dramatic? They asked him, why? Why he only painted half as much each day? And he openly told them the reason. He said, the thing is, I keep painting. And the further I go, the further I get from the bucket of paint. (laughs) Now, that sounds silly. But that is exactly how we are with the Holy Spirit. We go to church... And we think, I'll get a bit of a pep up here. I'll get a bit of a filling here. And then we go home and forget about it. And we walk back and forth every Sunday. And we get a bit of a... And then we draw another line. And I tell you, it sounds ludicrous, but that's how we go with spiritual resources. You think that going to church or going to a meeting or getting a touch of the Lord, etc., is going to change your life. The Holy Spirit is with you always. He doesn't just pop in on Sunday. He doesn't say, oh... Oh, I got bored watching the coronation last night. I think I'll go to church on Sunday morning. He doesn't say that. He's with you always. And the thing is, the Holy Spirit is our spiritual resource in our Christian life and ministry. The Bible says in Zechariah 4 verse 6, Not by might, nor by power, but what? By my Spirit. So this is not a situation where where we should be worried or fearful or concerned. It's going to be weird because the Bible says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit. And so the thing is, if you, are, if you are walking back every Sunday to get more paint, then you're missing out. Take the bucket with you. It's not that hard. So let me introduce to you this morning the Holy Spirit. And some of you will have no concept of who He is or, or what He's doing. And So I want to outline who the Holy Spirit is. And some of you will say, well, I know all that. But I don't care because you should be reminded of it. Because we don't live moment by moment with the Holy Spirit usually. We sort of pop in and pop out and we get a bit of a touch here and a bit of a feeling here. Listen, I believe revival is coming to our nation. And I believe it's imminent. We went to a, a, a conference, as you uh, might have heard me speak in the last few weeks, and, and really there was a sense of revival in the air. I've never felt it at any of our ACC conferences like that. Normally there's just a lot of noise and smoke and machines and laser laser lights and stuff but there was really something tangibly different at our conference revival is coming and you can't manufacture it you can't make it happen you can't fake it but what we can do is position ourselves so that when god pours his spirit out we are receptacles to his spirit we are ready okay and in many ways i think we are not ready and we need to make ourselves ready some of you here will be thinking oh no (coughs) holy spirit we're going to go we're going to." We're going to lose our brains you misread Romans 12 verse 2 do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world but be transferred by the removal of your mind it's not removal of your mind it's renewal of your mind so you don't have to remove your mind to be touched by the Holy Spirit this morning in fact the Lord says come let us reason together we're not unreasonable people we're not weirdos some of us are but most of us are not but the thing I like, yeah, Kenny raised his hand. <laughs> he's not weird, he's just Scottish. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's a difference, you say. <coughs> but we were talking about this, this movie, The Jesus Revolution. Who's seen The Jesus Revolution? If you haven't, get yourself up to Nembro and see. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. And the whole premise of it is that God hits a bunch of weirdos. Called, called hippies. Do you remember? The, who remembers hippies? Hippies were, were people who never washed and loved everybody on earth except their parents. And so the, a bunch of hippies come along and they get touched by the Spirit of God because they yielded themselves. They gave everything to Him, which is, good, which is easy when you're a hippie because you got nothing. <laughs> Our problem is we've got too much stuff. We don't want to yield anything. Lord, you can have everything, but you can't have my car. Charles Spurgeon said this, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without the wind, branches without sap. Like coals without fire, we are useless. And sadly, many Christians never yield power and control to the Holy Spirit. And part of the reason is that they fear Him. (coughs) And they don't really know Him. So this morning, I want to introduce Him to you. We'll have Mother's Day next... Is Mother's Day next week? (coughs) Good, uh, Good thing I remembered. Okay, um and next week listen and and you guys online tune in for this as well last year we had a violinist who remembers that for mother's day fantastic ministry, just beautiful just incredible and he is back this mother's day hayden williams is back so get ready for that he'll be here next week but i want to introduce to you the holy spirit and just go through a few basics that you should know about the holy spirit the first thing is that the holy spirit is god the Holy Spirit is not a thing and He's not a force. I know we just have May the Fourth, May the Fourth be with you, but He's not that Fourth. He's a, he's a person, he's a, he's a real person. In Genesis 1, verse 2, if you go right back to the beginning of the Bible, you read this The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Nothing really created here except the earth itself. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Holy Spirit was there at creation hovering over the waters John 15 verse 26 Jesus said when the helper comes whom I will send you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will bear witness about me the Holy Spirit bears witness about Jesus because he's a person the Holy Spirit is God but he's also our connection with God and I'll go into that in a minute 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17 says this now the Lord is the spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, is, there is freedom. People think they want to go out, but say, I don't want to become a Christian because I don't want to give up, you know, all of my freedom. Well, what sort of freedom have you got? Because I tell you, when you yield to the Holy Spirit, you've got freedom, unbelievable freedom. Well, well I can't do all the, all the sins I want to do. No, you can't. You don't bother with them. You know? People say, I don't want to give up my sin. Listen, I don't, I don't give up my garbage, I throw it out. Uh-huh. That's what sin is. Don't give it up, chuck it away. Don't hang on to it. So the Holy Spirit is a real person. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is God within us. Now in the Old Testament, if you read back through there, the Spirit of God came upon people at specific times you know so for example uh um uh you know when 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 david was was uh fighting a lion the holy spirit would come on him and he'd rip it apart and it'd come on different people at different times came on gideon for a great victory all of this sort of stuff but the prophet ezekiel prophesied a time when god's spirit would actually not come upon us but abide in us live in us look at ezekiel 36 verse 26 this is fascinating because in the old testament they didn't have this Until the until the Holy Spirit was poured out of Pentecost, nobody had this except Jesus himself all the time. Ezekiel wrote this, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, because they were stony hearted. And I will bring my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. God said, I will bring my spirit within you He prophesied a day when the actual spirit of the living God would dwell inside of us, and we live in that day. This is it. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. So when you abuse your body, or when you sin against your body, then what is happening there is that you are sinning against the temple of the Holy Spirit. You shouldn't do that. You're desecrating the temple. So when you accept Jesus as your saviour, you automatically receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Paul says, in fact, in Romans 8, 9, you can't be a Christian without having the Spirit. Okay? Romans 8, 9 says this, You, however, are not of the flesh but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So let's get this straight. When you come to Jesus, when you yield yield your life to Jesus and ask him to be your Lord, the Holy Spirit comes into you. But it's not the whole story. Many Christians stop there. But it's not the whole story. It's just the beginning. Because you've got this amazing life with the Spirit of God living inside of you. The third thing is, the Holy Spirit is a deposit of eternal life. People say, how do you know you're going to live forever? I heard a comedian say, I'm going to live forever, so far so good. You know, and that's funny because clearly he won't. um, But we know that we will live forever. How can we know that we have eternal life? Ephesians 1 tells us this in verse 13. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for guarantee is the word ahabon, which means money in purchases that is given as a pledge or down payment for the full amount that will be subsequently paid. So it's a deposit. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into you and that's how you know you have eternal life. You've got the deposit. You haven't got the whole thing yet, but you've got the deposit the Bible says. And we are promised eternal life and the Holy Spirit is, is that down payment, if you like. So when people say, oh, being a Christian, that must be really hard. No, it's not. It's wonderful because we have God's Spirit within us. And when, when, we don't have to sit around. We're not looking for pie in the, sky, in the sky when we die by and by, right? We might sing about it, but that's not what we're waiting for because you can have that same fellowship with God within you from this moment. You don't have to wait to heaven. You can have heaven in your heart right now by the Holy Spirit. And we live in a big, bad, ugly, evil world and spirit-filled victory and holiness is hard to come by, but we need that because that's how we can live a victorious life. The fourth thing is the Holy Spirit reveals knowledge. Now in our world, 2023, truth is transient and relative and we need the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. I was talking to someone the other day and, and, and they were talking about their truth, my truth, this other guy's truth. And Hank, you, you can't have all those truths because truth is truth, right? Like if your truth is different to my truth, somebody's wrong. One of those truths just isn't truth. But this world teaches us that truth is relative. It's not, it's absolute. Truth is truth is truth is truth is truth no matter what. So fashions change, truth does not. If trends change, truth does not. If you change, truth does not. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13 says this, And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So the Holy Spirit can interpret spiritual truths to us. So let me be completely frank and I'm probably getting in trouble for this, but I don't care because somebody's got to say it. There are some Christians out there, particularly Christian leaders, who are condoning outrageous immorality as God's truth. Now, they can either not hear God, not hear the Holy Spirit, or they're ignoring Him, or they don't have Him at all. I'm sorry, that's the facts. Because you can't reconcile, you can't water down the Word of God to suit whatever's going on in your life. That's not how, It's truth. From cover to cover, the word of God is truth. From cover to cover, I was having an argument with my brother-in-law one day, and uh, he he got very frustrated because I kept referring to the Bible. Uh, He's a Christian, but he sort of got frustrated. (laughs) That sounds weird, doesn't it? Anyway, we we're arguing about something, and he said, "Darren, the problem with you, the problem with you, is that you look at society through the Bible. You need to look at the Bible through society." I said, "That's the greatest compliment I've ever had." If you look at the Bible through society, it'll change every five minutes. Everything else out there does. Don't believe me? We, we, I think back on COVID. I'm not going to get on the COVID bandwagon today. I think that's been thrashed enough. But what I do want to say is this. We were told, we were locked down, we were forced to do stuff for a long period of time. And if you think it was bad for us, think of the people in the People's Republic of Victoria because they got it worse than everybody else, right? But we were locked down because there was one case. So you'd have one case here and you'd have to put masks on in Cairns. But Melbourne's closer to here than Cairns, but it didn't matter because there was no thought or logic in this. And then all of a sudden the narrative flipped and suddenly there's hundreds and thousands of people with it now I'm not saying anything for or against COVID, or the, but what I am saying is no one apologized for the one, po- one, one child policy thing, you know, the one person policy. Because what happened was truth just morphed to this new truth, which is we're all going to get it and, uh, you know, just, just don't go out very much if you've got it. So we had this complete morph, right? So what I'm saying is the world keeps changing all the time, but the Word of God does not change. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about human wisdom and God's wisdom and contrasts them. Human wisdom fails and it brings confusion and death. Don't believe me? Look at our society. It's a mess. And as I often say, if God does not punish Australia for our sins, he will have to apologise to Sodom and Gomorrah because we are a mess, folks. Our society is a mess. Do I hear that right? Yeah. And someone told me just recently... There are now 41 different letters in the LGBT alphabet soup. 41. They want everyone to accept them just as they are. They don't even know who they are themselves. They haven't got. A, they keep adding letters to it. There's only 26 letters in the alphabet. We've got 41 of them are in the LGBT. I don't get it. But you see, I'm not. I'm not saying, you know, anything against it. I'm just saying the worldly wisdom is like that. It ties you in knots. But godly wisdom sets you free. We need to learn more and more about the inexhaustible knowledge of God. Man's wisdom just doesn't cut it. Changes every two minutes. 1 Corinthians 2 says this. These things God has revealed to us through his spirit. For for, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the the spirit of a person which is in him? So no one comprehends the things, the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. If you don't connect to the Holy Spirit, you don't know where God is at. Because the Holy Spirit is your connection. He knows this stuff. Many people will read the Bible and not understand it. I've had people who who say, I've tried reading the Bible. It's really boring. It doesn't make any sense. That's because you're not connecting to the Spirit of God. Because when I read my Bible, stuff jumps out at me all the time. That's why I have a quiet time every day, because I want to hear from God every day. Remember the old story of the guy who was looking for guidance, so he opened the Bible randomly and went like this. And he got the verse, uh, Judas hung himself. Let's do another one go ye and do likewise (gasps) because that's not how you read the Bible you just read it and the Holy Spirit illuminates scripture for you the fifth thing is the Holy Spirit cares and comforts and leads God cares about you and he's placed his spirit within you 1 Peter 5 7 says this cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you have you got any anxieties this morning Many people do. Some of you don't. I know friend, doesn't, but many other people do. This is your opportunity to cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And God gently leads you. He doesn't force you. He doesn't make you do stuff. But the Spirit is a divine connection between you and God. John sixteen thirteen. when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So the Greek word for guide is the word hodegio, which means to lead or to show the way. The Holy Spirit doesn't send information to you. It's not about knowledge. It's about him leading you. The Holy Spirit doesn't point you in the right direction. Maybe you should go over there. That's a good idea. No, the Holy Spirit takes you by the hand and he gently leads his young. If you want a, if you want a life that is that is successful, that is amazing, I tell you, let the Holy Spirit lead you because he knows a lot more than we do do i hear an amen Amen. so if you're in pain today god cares he comforts you he gently leads you if you can trust him for salvation you can trust his spirit to lead you gently and he also leads and guides our prayers supernaturally empowering our prayer did you know that that's why we as pentecostals pray in tongues because sometimes we don't know everything i know it's a shock but we don't know everything do I hear an amen to that? I know my, my wife thinks I know everything, but I don't. No, she, she thinks I know nothing. Um, sometimes, sometimes. But see, we don't know what we should pray sometimes. How, how do you pray for something you don't know about? Romans 8, 27. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. If you want to be a prayer, pray in the Holy Spirit because He knows stuff we don't. And your prayers have incredible power. Number six, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Now, honestly, for some of you, this could be the big issue. You're worried that God will give you certain gifts. I know I was there too. I did not want the gift of helps. But, you know, I think you've just got to be open to the Lord. The Bible says that the Spirit gives many gifts. I mean, in Pentecostal church, we talk about tongues. But but the the Bible gives many, many gifts. He can give us prophecy, interpretation of tongues, teaching, service, pastoral gifts, mercy, miracles, healing, faith. And He gives them, their gifts to us. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says as each has received a gift used to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Here's the thing, spiritual gifts are not for you to play with. They are given so that you can bless other people. The spiritual gifts are given so that you can bless others in the body and outside the body. They're not for you. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 7 says, each But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, 29, Paul asks the question, Are all prophets? Are all, all apostles? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. See, in the discussion of spiritual gifts, we often lose sight of the reason we have the spiritual gift. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. It's not so you can feel superior. It's not so you can feel better than somebody else. It's so that you can serve the body. That's why we have gifts. Gifts are about giving. I uh, was talking with someone just yesterday, the uh, day before yesterday, and they were talking about the, the two seas in the Holy Land, if you like. There's the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. And the reason the Dead Sea is dead is there's no outlet, there's just an inlet. From the Jordan River. The, the reason that the Sea of Galilee is alive, it has an inlet and an outlet. One is a conduit and the other one is a dead end. And that's the same with gifts. If you are blessed by God, if you receive spiritual gifts, which we all do, then if we don't use them to serve others, we're like the Dead Sea. We'll just accumulate with with salt and self-centeredness we need to give we need to bless others with our gifts some gifts are valuable to us to us all Um, others equip us for specific callings now i don't know about you when you think about spiritual gifts i know some might be hesitant all that sort of stuff listen why don't you let the holy spirit figure that out is that a good idea i reckon we should ask for all the gifts because i'd like all of them i'm greedy but then if I ask for all the gifts, I can I can let the Holy Spirit empower me, empower me and, and He will, you know, He'll highlight certain gifts in my life. And see, we can all do stuff, but some people are specifically gifted at it. Did you know that? I mean, we can all pray, but some people when they pray, I tell you, the heavens shake. Uh, we can all pray for healing, but some people have a specific healing gift. John Mellow was like that. He couldn't explain it to you. Just, I just pray and people just get healed because it's not him, it's God. But he took his gift and he served the body of Christ with it. So some people pray pray for healing and they lots of people get healed and other people pray and not much happens. Some people are anointed for specific things. I mean, we all should be serving one another, but some have the gift of serving. We, we should all care for one another, but some have a pastoral gift. They love people. We can all ask for tongues, but when some, when they pray... The heavens are just cracked open and the presence of God comes down. We all have opinions. Boy, if you don't believe me, get on Facebook. There's millions of opinions these days. But some people, when they speak, they prophetically speak the words of God. You see, sometimes people get specific gifts for specific tasks. It's very exciting. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, often the Holy Spirit grows our gifts slowly over time. It's interesting that it's like a muscle. I was talking to Tony the other day, so it's like a muscle. The more you move it, the the better it becomes. And in my case, it's happened particularly with finances. A few years ago, well, about 10 or 12 years ago, Fiona and I lost everything in a financial collapse and we lost our house and a bunch of other stuff. And it was a pretty grim time. And after that, I was a little bit sensitive to financial loss. And I kind of went, oh, you know. And so my faith in finances was at rock bottom. I couldn't believe God for hardly anything. It was terrible. But then after a while, he started to stir that. And then when I came into the ministry here, we started to see uh, God provide things. And I realized that that it's not about me, it's about God. And, And that's happened, as you know, all the stories from Lily House and here, how hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars have flowed into these ministries, And I just have faith for a lot more. We need another million dollars for our new, is it a million dollars, Joe? Yep. A million dollars for our new project up at Lily House. I'm not worried. I honestly am not worried. I'm just waiting to see how it happens. I'm expectant actually. But some of you would say, I can't believe for a million dollars. That's okay. Believe for something smaller. But God gradually has grown this gift of faith in me. And it was slowly over time. I didn't just go, bang, I can believe for a million dollars. And it hasn't happened yet, but I know it's coming. I can feel it. I can sit. I've, I've asked God, and the promise is there. and I don't have the doubts I had before. People tell me that certain gifts of the Holy Spirit are a measure of the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but it's not true. I don't think a gift is a measure of your, of your godliness. It's a measure of God's grace to you. That you get a gift is not a measure. If you're good at prophecy, or if you've got prayer for healing, that's a gift. It doesn't mean you're more godly than somebody else but what is a measure of the Holy Spirit is the next one which is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Who's heard of the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Now someone once said to me we shouldn't judge one another and that's true. We shouldn't judge one another in church but we can be fruit inspectors. Because if you are close to God, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you it will bear fruit. Uh, Psalm 1 verse 3. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. This is the godly, righteous man that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. There's fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is not just given to you, it's grown slowly over time. This is what's so frustrating to me about gardening. You stick it in the ground, you have to wait. Like, I would like to stick it in the ground and start picking fruit immediately, but for some reason it doesn't happen that way. It takes time. It takes care and cultivation. This is why I'm a failed gardener, can you tell? I've met... Yeah, patience, that's, um, that's a fruit of the Spirit, strangely. <laughs> um, I've met many Christians who, with not a lot of gifts but loads of fruit, and you can tell that they have unbelievably godly character. God values character in his people. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. So if you are not joyful, then chances are you are not filled with the Spirit. If you are not patient, you're probably struggling being filled with the Spirit. Guilty, See, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit are not mutually exclusive either. You don't get gifts and not fruit, or fruit and not gifts. You can have both because the Holy Spirit is limitless. I know of some people who clearly have a spiritual gift of sorts, but they also have pride and they lack character because they don't have any of the fruit. We should ask for both. And let me recommend to you, you should ask for lots of it. (laughs) Call me a glutton, but I want lots of fruit. And I think that's a good... Do you think that's a good thing to ask? And, and if, if I ask for, for a fruit of the Spirit, I might ask for peaches and He gives me, I don't know, apples, but I can still rejoice in that. We should ask for all of it, I think. Number eight, the Holy Spirit empowers us for victorious living. There are two cities that I heard about with two different water sources. One depends on a river, the other depends on a spring. And when the drought comes, the river dries up, but the, uh, the spring continues to flow abundantly. That is life in the Holy Spirit. If you're coming every week to get a little touch from God, that's a river. That's it. it you get hard times, that'll dry up. That's how I know people are going through tough times. They stop coming to church because it dries up inside. But if you have that spring within you of the Holy Spirit, it never dries up. It is always flowing. He is always there. So not just at church on Sunday, not just at a prayer meeting or an event or a revival meeting or a Bible study, not just when we operate in our our gifts, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit every hour of every day, don't we? We must walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is not complete when you become a believer. That's just the beginning. The Holy Spirit continues the vital, vital role of sanctification in your life. The Holy Spirit empowers you and he changes your life and makes you more like Jesus. Um, We've got these little babies running around here. Hey, Jordan and Aaron, I saw at the back. Great to have you with us again and your new beautiful little baby. But babies are really cute. But if they still behave that way when they were 10, it's not so cute anymore. You see, you've got to grow. And when you come to Christ, you're just like a little baby. But you grow and you get stronger and stronger and you learn to stand on your own two feet. And that growth comes from the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 says this, You will receive power. Who wants power? The Greek word is dynamos or dynamite. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If we fail to yield our lives to the Holy Spirit... We are short-changing our Christian life. We will struggle where there should be triumph. We will be fearful where we should be faithful. You and I need the Holy Spirit to live in victory. Ephesians 3 verse 16 says, According to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. And Galatians five sixteen says, But I say, Paul says, Walk in the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You and I need the Holy Spirit this morning. Do I hear an amen to that? And some of us have been running and some of us have been blocking and saying, you know, this bit but not this bit. But you and I need to say enough is enough and yield our lives to the Holy Spirit this morning. So let me ask you a question. Who's afraid of the Holy Ghost? Who's afraid of the Holy Ghost? I've I always been a bit uncomfortable with the, whole, the, the term Holy Ghost because it sounds a bit scary. And, and I like Holy Spirit. Um, but but whatever, it is, whatever you say, he's the same person, all right? We, but we do not need to be afraid of being filled with the Holy Spirit because Jesus, the lover of our souls, our Saviour, and our Lord and our King has commanded us, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have to, we have to yield to that. On the day of Pentecost, if you look at Acts chapter 2, Everybody, and we'll, we'll probably revisit this in a few weeks' time because Pentecost Sunday is coming up in a couple of weeks. But on the day of Pentecost, there was 120 people in an upper room. And what happened? The Holy Spirit hit the joint and the whole place was, was filled with the presence of God. And the Holy Spirit was implanted, if you like, into each person. They had a little tongue of fire above their head, symbolising that. So that they knew the Holy Spirit was in them and they spoke in other tongues and all that sort of stuff. Why did all of them get filled? Why didn't some of them not get filled? You want to know why? Because those 120 people sitting in that upper room were desperate for something. They were all open and they were desperate. And they didn't put limits on God. They just cried out to God because they were desperate. They were hungry enough. And the reason that we don't walk in the Holy Spirit is we are not hungry enough. We're just not hungry enough. Romans 8.15 Paul says, you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. You've received the spirit of adoption by, uh, as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We must not fear the Holy Spirit. We are sons and daughters of the King. Princes and princesses. Do you feel like a princess or princess this morning? The coronation was on last night. Who watched it? Yeah, I didn't. I'm sure it was Wonderful i don't know just didn't grab me it's like what else is on i'm sorry um but i mean charles was crowned king last night of, of great britain and the commonwealth whether you like it or not he's it okay but as i said earlier he's not the ultimate authority the king of kings is the ultimate authority right and i pray that King Charles, without being cavalier, that he gets filled with the Holy Spirit because that'll change everything. I pray that God touches his life and fills him with the Holy Spirit and he will govern in a way that is unheard of, in a way that is magnificent, in a way that his mum did because she knew Jesus. But we should not, trust, should not dread our Father, we should trust Him. James 1.17 says, every good, gift, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So if God gives you a gift, if, he, if you yield to Him and He fills you with His Holy Spirit, it will not end badly. It will always end wonderfully. Because if you ask for bread, He will not give you a stone. Okay? So I want to implore you this morning, it is time to connect again it's time to connect with God again if we're going to see revival in our nation it's got to start with yielded hearts someone once approached the great evangelist gypsy smith and said how do you start a revival he drew a a circle on the ground in chalk stood in it he said you pray lord start a revival and start it in this circle that's how you start a revival revival's not floating around out here It's not just something that happens down the road across the street or in America. All revivals seem to happen in America. It's not true. Revival can break out anywhere, anytime, but it always breaks out to yielded people. People who yield their life to him and say, have your way no matter what. And the reason we haven't got revival is we are not hungry enough. How many of you have been on the internet? That's going to be everybody, right? When you get on a computer, you can have the best computer in the world. But if you've got a poor connection to the internet, you won't do well in surfing the internet. The speed and stability of your connection will determine how fast your computer connects to the rest of the world via the World Wide Web. That's how it works. The Holy Spirit is our connection with God. He's God within us. He's that connection we have to God. By the Spirit, we gain access to God. Now, some of us are in a poor Wi-Fi zone. Some of us, I mean, you know, you can have the, you, I get your phone, I've got the latest phone, it's fantastic. I've got all my logins happening, got everything else happening. But you can get on that thing and be so frustrated because you can't get on the internet because you're on Vodafone. <laughs> and they don't cover a lot of places, you know. And I remember being in the United States and having my phone and, and, and I couldn't get, I was speaking at a camp there and I said to someone, I can get on the internet if I go to the middle of the field and put one leg in the air and, kind of, and that's how I could do it. Because it doesn't matter how good your computer is, you have to be connected properly. Do you understand? That's what the Holy Spirit is to us. He is our connection to God. If we do not fully yield to the Holy Spirit, our connection will be slow and unstable our fear blocks the connection. Our religious thinking and traditions can block the connection. Our hang-ups can block the connection. Our lack of hunger can block the connection, and certainly, persistent sin will block the connection. Psalm 66:18 says, "If I cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. If, you're, if you've got secret sins you're not dealing with, it blocks the connection. And some of you, that's your experience with the Holy Spirit. You come to church, you you sense God around, you get a bit of a touch and then it goes. Because the connection's not stable. But the, the, the reason your connection is not stable is not Him, it's you. You have the Holy Spirit within you, but you're blocking the connection. By the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we have power to overcome sin. We receive gifts, we can grow fruit. It is amazing, it's the life worth living. Our communion and our relationship with Jesus is real and vital because you can live with him moment by moment. And the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it means you can do the work of ministry with power, authority, gifts, character and success. Imagine this whole room here. Just take a few moments. Imagine this room was filled with famous paintings, you know, the Mona Lisa and other incredible paintings on the wall. Can you imagine that for a minute? And so what we're going to do is we're going to block out all all of the glass then we're going to turn the lights out and say, aren't they beautiful? And you're going to go, it's just black. They're there, but trying to understand the beauty of God's word and promises without having the Holy Spirit is like that. The promises are there. The power is there, but you can't see them because you've turned the lights out. It's time to turn the lights on this morning. Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Receive. And the world cannot receive. You will know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, Jesus said. I will come for you. Let me tell you this morning, Jesus is coming back and soon. The whole world is a testament to that. So I believe this is our moment as men and women of God, as people of faith, that we yield our lives totally to the Holy Spirit, totally yielded to Him. Maybe you've been filled before by His Holy Spirit. Do it again. It's not a once forever thing. I don't believe in a second blessing. I believe in a second, third, fourth, fifth. Just keep it rolling. The Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word be filled is in the present continuous tense. It means go back and do it again and again and again because none of us can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go out, do our own thing and expect Him to just do our bidding. He's God, not the other way around. He's God. And I believe if we yield to Him, our lives will never be the same. If you're a believer, if you already have the Holy Spirit. But what God is offering you this morning is more. Why not take a chance? Why not just yield to Him and let Him sort out the stuff? I know some of you are fearful, but just yield to Him and say, Lord, whatever. I'll take a chance and I'll just say, Lord, I'm going to give you everything. Just let God be God. Because we have a tendency as people to try and be God, to try and bring conviction to someone who needs it. Just let God do that stuff. Let God be God. Why not yield your life to Him and be filled with the Holy Spirit? This is the moment. This is your moment right now. I believe revival is coming. I believe it is imminent, folks. And God is going to pour His Spirit out on this church and this community and other communities right around our coast. And we are going to see things we've never seen before. And it is coming. And I don't want you to miss out. And I don't want you to be the people standing on the sidelines. I want you to stand in the middle of it. To be touched by the Spirit of God, filled by the Spirit of God, empowered by the spirit of God don't be a spectator be a participant it's yours this moment choose life choose God choose to be filled with the Holy Spirit revival starts in the hearts of of those who are hungry enough for it so let me ask you the question are you hungry this morning because God has it for you this morning why don't you bow your heads bless you And we're all about to be blessed. You don't have to sneeze though. Why don't you just bow your heads. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, then you do not have the Spirit of God in your life. If you asked him into your life ages ago, but you've drifted and rolled away from that, this is your moment to come back. If you've never asked him into your life, take this moment. Because we are talking about the greatest experience you can ever have is being connected to God by even the Holy Spirit within you. But you have to yield your life to Him. You have to say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. You have to confess your sin and let Him clean your life up. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, then this is your moment. This is it. When you can have what we've been talking about this whole message, you can have access to God but only if you yield to him. So if you've never asked Jesus into your life or maybe you did before and it's just you've just drifted from then this is for you. Pray this prayer as well. So pray with me. Say, "Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry that I've sinned. Please forgive me of my sin. I ask you into my life as my Lord and my Savior and my friend." fill me with your holy spirit i give you my life now if you prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time just gonna ask you wherever you are just shoot your hand up and put it down just very quickly yeah there's a few maybe you've drifted far and you prayed that prayer just very quickly just shift your hand up shoot your hand up and down thank you there's quite a few this morning But for the rest of us, I want to pray a prayer too. Because as D.L. Moody once said, the world is yet to see what God can do with one man totally yielded to Him. And I think the reason we don't see revival is we're not totally yielded to Him. So this is a moment for all of us to say, Lord, have your way. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to pray it with me. Because God has such a future and a destiny for you, if only you would yield to Him. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows your future better than you can imagine. And if you yield to Him, I promise you, you will never regret it. It's the greatest thing you could do. So pray this prayer with me, and let's together yield our lives to the Holy Spirit. In Australia, we have give way signs. In America, it's called yield. I really like that, yield. But let's put it in an Australian context. Maybe you've got to give way to God. Let Him go first. Maybe follow Him instead of telling Him what you want from Him all the time. This is your moment to yield and give way to God. So pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I totally yield my life to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit upon me. I yield to you. Let's stand together. I know so many have prayed that prayer. Let's stand. But I don't want to leave it there. I want you to respond. There's something special happens when we respond to what we've just prayed. You can pray it and sit where you are, that's fine. But I know some of you are hungry enough, are desperate enough to reach out to God. Is that you this morning? Because if it is, I'm gonna invite you to the front and we're gonna get our prayer team to come out here and we're gonna pray with you and we're gonna believe that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. As we sing this song, we're gonna open it up. And if you are truly yielding to Him, if you are truly opening your heart to him and saying, Lord, have your way that this is your moment. Don't miss it. Don't walk away. Don't say, yeah, that's for somebody else, not me. It's for you. I'm not speaking to everybody else. I'm speaking to you. This is your moment. Yield your heart to him. Let him have his way with you. Let's sing together.